look at the value judgments and choices you're making throughout the day and just make sure that that those judgments, you know, even if there's a convenience factor there, you, you have to weigh is that convenience uh, worth more than your values. And, and that's something that we all have to think about when we're making those value judgments. Hey guys, welcome back to the Winning Room Podcast. Today, we are joined by me, Surfnam, and Ian, as usual. And we have two guests. The first is our friend Will, and the second is Bipedal Abe, who is a vegan activist, and uh, he's a really nice guy. He joined us on our podcast today, and we're just going to ask him a few questions about veganism and how it's affected his life. Yes, this guy has That's a very non-stereotypical approach to being a veganism. So make sure you stay tuned, watch the end, and it means a lot. Thank you, and enjoy the podcast. Yeah, sure. Uh, I'm I'm a vegan. <laughs> uh, my name is uh, Bipedal Ape. That's what I go by uh, on Discord and uh, and social media, which I've just started to be engaged on. Cool. So, how long have you been a vegan for, and like, what was your tur- like turning point to becoming a vegan? Yeah. So. You know, I've actually, to the surprise of many people, especially on these stages I've been running, uh, I've been vegan only six months. Really? Uh, and what actually brought me to veganism wasn't the ethics. Uh, I come from a farm-based family, um, intergenerationally. You know, I hunted when I was young. I fished. I did all these things. And so I, I was very disassociated from the ethics argument when it comes to, to veganism. It wasn't something that resonated with me. Um, but what, what actually brought me into the fold of veganism, what first brought me into the fold of veganism was, uh, the efficiency argument that was brought to me. So I actually was exposed to the numbers that showed plant-based farming in comparison to meat-based farming and the, the inadequacy between the efficiency of each of those two. So on, on almost every point you could quantify, uh, ecological impact, carbon emission output, land usage, freshwater usage, energy, labor, et cetera. Uh, plant-based farming was was incredibly more efficient than meat-based farming. So that was the first thing that actually brought me uh, towards the step of veganism. I actually went to war with veganism uh, at that point because I, I I needed to justify my love for meat and uh, you know this cultural heritage that I had here. And uh, yeah, that that was my first step towards trying to disprove veganism, which actually brought me ironically then to be a vegan. So. I then uh, went on to the health argument. I, I, I thought surely there's something inherent to meat-based eating and meat in general, uh, nutritional speaking, that I'm not getting from plant-based foods. And uh, when I didn't, when I went down that route, I, I took more L's uh, because it just wasn't true. Everything nutritionally that I needed, I could get in abundance in plant-based foods, and in some rare cases, uh, I could easily supplement. And so. The last thing that came for me was the ethics argument, um, and I actually reevaluated the ethics and my own morality, and that surprised me even further because what I found was not, not that vegans had a different moral framework um, or, or different rationale that they were using. Uh, we, we actually had the same. It's just that I would suspend my use of this moral framework uh, when it came to the animals, when it came to those value judgments I was making. Uh, and it's just because of normalization. I mean, I would disassociate from it. So that, that was my path towards veganism. That's really cool. Honestly. Um, I remember, uh, a year ago back, I did the seven day vegan challenge where you can only eat vegan foods for a week. And I found it very hard to like give up meat and go completely vegan. Do you ever miss eating meat or dairy products or stuff like that? 
Yeah, it's a good question, and it's a common one. The first couple of months, I, I dare to say maybe even two months, that, that was absolutely the case. I mean, I, I came into veganism kicking and screaming. I had this love and this, this. See, the thing is with eating meat, because it's all I, I've known, it's not just about the texture and the, the flavor profiles of meat, but it's the nostalgia too, right? I have a lot of nostalgia associated with these with these dishes that I would make. Uh, there's even a cultural heritage aspect to it, you know, like I'm American. Yeah. And so, you know, we, we barbecue, we like to throw, yeah. uh, you know, food on the grill. So all of those things. And so, and originally, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I needed and I craved and wanted, uh, meat, not, not just because of the flavor profiles and texture, but I craved the nostalgia that was associated with cooking and eating that, that food too. But what I found is, you know, as, as I started experimenting with buying plant-based foods and I started very heavily with plant-based meats because it was something that was familiar. It was a way for me to bridge that gap where I could, you know, get a, get a sense of that nostalgia, get a sense of that texture and taste and, and those flavor profiles. And so I, I, I could say it was kind of like a crutch. Uh, but what I found is as I continued, you know, purchasing more plant-based uh, as I, as I started to become into the fold of veganism, I started to develop that, that those experiences, uh, you know, the, the, those same cultural experiences I, I could now associate with those plant-based foods. I was kind of, uh, I, I was I was not losing out as I as I originally thought. It was kind of like riding a roller coaster. It was like you know the first time you ride a roller coaster and you kind of overthink it and and uh, you know you're on the way up the tracks and you're thinking like oh this is going to be so bad I'm you know blah blah blah. But then once you get over that first hump, which for me was the, the first couple of months, uh, you know that 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 was over. I realized it wasn't that bad at all. I'm not missing out from those nostalgic experiences. Matter of fact, I could recreate those nostalgic experiences and still you know, even have the cultural elements, but I could integrate it with plant-based foods. And I, and I don't even at this point have to do that with plant-based meats like beyond or impossible. I mean, I, I'm able at this point to, to take, uh, you know, I, I can make nuggets and I can make burgers and I can do that using beans. I can do that using soy. Um, there's so many things that I could, I could do, uh, using plant-based foods to get those experiences and those cultural experiences. I, I didn't have to use meat though. The first couple of months, it did seem difficult, uh, just because of that nostalgia and because of that, that that conditioning so did you ever try like impossible burgers and that kind of stuff to substitute for meat oh yeah i i bought it like crazy matter of fact even when burger king uh first came out with the impossible whopper i mean i i probably spent a mortgage on them you know just going back and forth and and buying it just to get this kind of craving uh this kind of experience i was used to yeah for sure Th those foods definitely helped me bridge that gap in the beginning and with, some people with, say oh, that, uh, yeah, I was going to say, like, some people say they don't taste like actual meat. What's your opinion? Are they the real deal? Yeah. So I, uh, I can answer that in two ways. First of all, being intellectually honest, I completely understand where those people are coming from when they say uh, it doesn't taste like meat. There, there is some differences, right? Of course. But I, but I would also say again, you know, that there's so many different ways to make meat to 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 cook it, different uh, burger joints and such, and and if you look even on YouTube, for example, and I did it, I did it with my own family, um, you know, I.
I bought uh, the Impossible Mead and I made burgers and then uh, presented it to friends and family. I didn't let them know, you know, it was plant-based and they didn't think anything of it, right? But if you look for something, you're going to find it, right? If you're hyper-focusing on, on finding that difference, of course, you're going to find it. But most people don't do that when they eat. So, you know, Impossible Meat and Beyond is still in its infancy, but even where it is right now, it's very, it's easily passable uh, unless you're really looking for it. I I, uh, I really like that. But in your opinion, are there any downsides to being vegan? Like, have you realized that you're at a protein deficiency or any like negative mm-hmm. effects? Yeah, no, not not at all. I get this question a lot, too, especially when I'm on these stages and I'm talking to hundreds of people in a day about this uh, being an advocate. You know, I, I actually, if anything, I think I consume more protein now because the foods that I eat, um, you know, and, and I, again, peanut butter, even before I was vegan, the foods that I would eat that were plant based that are high in calorie. I like to lift weights a lot. They're high in uh, in protein. They were foods that, that were plant based. I mean, peanut butter is a good example. Lots of nuts. And I eat more of that now than I did when I was in meat based. I mean, I make sauces out of cashews and walnuts and I drape that over bean based nuggets and burgers. And so I'm getting a high concentration of protein and calories um and and i'm not missing out in any in any way i really see that too because um when you really look at it a lot of the protein people consume in america at least are like fast food burgers something that's not really healthy so when you really look at like the lean good protein like um uh chicken or stuff like that like it doesn't have a lot of protein for per volume of food True. And then also you have to look at even for, you know, each ounce of, of uh, protein you're getting, you have to look at all the other stuff you're getting with it. Right. Yeah. Another thing I noticed going vegan and I, I, I'm a bigger guy, you know, I, I'm 240 pounds. I like to lift weights. I like to be active. So I like to eat. I like to indulge. And when I would eat a lot of, of meat food uh, relative to now, when I indulge myself on plant-based foods, and this is even this is even scientific, uh, but because of the fatty uh, fatties, uh, uh, the fat and such that's inside there that my body has to break down, I'm less tired. You know, I, I can indulge myself and eat three meals, uh, and and feel less tired, less like I need a nap than than when I would indulge on on eating a bunch of steak, for example. Um, I just want to uh, butt in here really quickly. I did just like look some stuff up, and I want to give. I want to sure. uh, ask your opinion on some of the stuff yeah. that uh, you're talking about right now. Um, I read that these like legumes and stuff that you would eat that like vegan people eat um to uh, get their daily uh, recommended like um, source of protein oh. that they contain uh phthalic acid. Can't really pronounce it, which um. Decrease the absorption of iron and calcium in your body. Uh, do you feel like this has any um, actual effect, or do you feel like you do get the amount of iron and calcium and zinc that you would need out of this protein? Yeah. Like, I mean, sorry, but like I also did yeah. some research and I found that vegans actually live like seven to fifteen years longer than omnivores yeah. and like people who eat meat. Yeah. So that's also a factor to take in. Yeah. Yeah. And and the other thing I want to take into consideration when you're bringing up something like iron, for example, uh, which is another common one talking point that people bring up to me. I I, I just want to ground that by saying, you know, you don't need that much iron in in your daily intake, first of all. And and second of all, even if there is some science, which I'm not an expert on and I won't pretend to be, even if uh, there's there's a a bit of a depletes deficiency in my ability to intake things such as iron, um, I, I still don't see an issue with it because I don't need to I don't need that much of an intake of iron and I'm still getting iron. 
right? Like even if there's a depleted efficiency uh, and everyone's dietary needs are different, right? So some people need uh, to account for more iron, et cetera. Uh, and, and if I found that I, I had in my blood tests a depletion of iron, which isn't the case for me specifically, then, then I would hedge against that by just increasing the intake of iron in the foods that I'm eating. I could even supplement. But again, the point is, even if there is some efficiency drop off there, uh, it's very easily hedged against uh, just by intaking, uh, you know, just increasing my intake of certain foods, uh, plant-based foods that have iron in them. So it's not a hard problem to hedge against. Um, okay, this that is, is very interesting. Sorry, um, can oh, can I, can I go? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yep. All right. Um, so, you know, of course, being a vegan, you know, it, it like limits a lot of your diet, it limits a lot of your diet. And so it's, let's say mm -hmm. you're traveling and um, you can't really find any like vegan restaurants or restaurants mm -hmm. that don't serve vegan food. How do you how do you usually deal mm -hmm. with it? Yeah, that's a good question. So the first thing I would say, if it's me traveling alone, uh, obviously I, I would, if I'm going to go to a restaurant, I'm going to look up that place beforehand and, and make sure that I do have vegan food available. If, uh, and this has been a real case for me, <clears throat> excuse me, when I, when I go to a restaurant with friends, for example, who maybe uh, haven't quite normalized the fact that I'm vegan or thought about it, and I've run into that situation, and they don't have vegan options, well, there's usually always something I can eat, right? There's usually French fries, there's usually, there's always something, even, even a place that isn't c catering around just vegan meals specifically, there's always something I can purchase on the side that I can indulge in with my friends, uh, you know, even in the most meat-based restaurant uh, there, I, I can find a, a plant-based substitute or a plant-based food it's it's not that hard actually and i also just extend from that and say i mean i've i've been in some of the most rural areas uh, you can imagine I, i've been in south india uh just before COVID actually happened i was there for a month in south india in the state of kerala and uh even in even in kerala which you know uh india as a whole is is one of the most vegan countries but in the specific area i was in it's very christian uh and they actually eat meat it, it's in it's in abundance there and even in some of the most rural parts where, where there's dairy farmers, uh, you know, and, and, uh, and animal agriculture there where they, they as a heavy staple, uh, I had no problem finding plant-based foods. It's, it's actually, it's pretty easy because anywhere they're eating uh, meat, I mean, they, they, they have to feed the, that cattle. Uh, they're already growing crop to some whatever degree or sourcing it from somewhere else. And they're also not only eating meat. I mean, they, they can't, you can't get all your nutritional uh, value from just meat. Uh, so they, they, there's always something plant-based i can find and eat so i'm gonna digress the situation like not the, the conversation a bit um you said you lift weights correct yeah yeah um do you take any supplements when you lift weights and how do you feel about those like have you ever heard like creatine yeah. monohydrate i have yeah i have how some friends who use those too well for me i also i use that and i didn't yeah. do some research on that and it was a hard decision yeah. so how do you feel about that yeah, you might know a little bit more than that uh, than me, but I'll say I I don't use supplements when I when I lift. When I was younger, I did. I used a lot of like whey protein. There was some creatine I used also. Um, but but I want to then say and focus on me now. I mean, I, I try to take a more whole food approach. Um, the thing is, I, I'm not like a high sports athlete. I'm not I'm not playing on a on the NFL football team. Um, there's not this huge demand for me to source ridiculous amounts of uh, of, of particular nutrients for for my activity. Right. I, I I exercise as a hobby and to be healthy. And so anything I need for that exhaustion, I can source from my food. And if I need to even up 
uh, the ante, right? Uh, if I need more protein or calorie, uh, things like that, I, I can just up my intake of food. I like to eat. Um, and that correlates with that activity. So on days where I'm doing higher activity, maybe I'll make, you know, an, an additional peanut butter sandwich with some bananas in that, some potassium, you know, just to get higher, you know, more calories, more protein, more potassium. Um, and, I, and I'll also, just because of my body will tell me, my body will tell me I'm more hungry. I'll eat more vegetables. I'll eat more food that day because I've exerted myself more. Um, and so I, I, my body will tell me if it needs me to, uh, to hedge against that. I, I really respect that. Yeah. Well, I have one more question about the veganism, just to bring it back to food. Um, yeah. you said that the, your reason for becoming vegan was not based in any like animal cruelty or that kind of stuff. So what yeah. made you choose to be vegan and not vegetarian? Yeah, well, I was on the path for so so it took me a little over a year, um, which I'm not necessarily proud of, but because the ethics came last. So for me, it started off as me just becoming plant based. I mean, you could even call me a, a vegetarian at that point. Uh, you know, I, I, I resonated with the efficiency and then I started moving towards the health focus um, and then it was a gradual thing for me. So, so as I continued to become more educated in these areas, I started becoming more plant-based. Even at one point, you could have even also called me uh, a vegetarian. But the point is, I eventually did arrive at that at, at the ethics. But the, the thing is, I was more open to the ethics at that point because I had been following the logic that was opening me up to plant-based foods. Uh, it was de-weaponizing my, my, uh, my disassociation of meat uh, because I was becoming gradually more plant-based and, and even vegetarian at one point. So once I reached that stage, I mean, the ethics argument became easier for, and more palpable for me because... I wasn't so disconnected and disassociated from plant-based foods. I could more honestly approach the ethics argument and not disassociate it from from it as much. I was I was less I was more disarmed. Maybe is a, is a good way to put it. That's very interesting. Um, I had one last question. So, does your vegan uh, only restrict your diet, or does your veganism also mm -hmm. apply to like other products such as like mm -hmm. um, accessories or anything? Yeah, that's a fantastic question. So, yeah, it, it absolutely does. So, veganism is is not just a diet, right? It, it's a lifestyle. It's a philosophy. Um, it's a state of mind. And so, a good example I give to people, especially when it comes to consumerism or or the clothes that I'm wearing. So, I'm much more conscious now. So, a, an example, an easy example I'll give, and I'll segue to a couple others. But, you know, when I go to the grocery store now. Um, you know, I'll bring my own bags or I'll leave them in the car. It's a simple conscious decision I could make uh, that's going to minimize my contribution to unnecessary plastic waste, for example, right? Which, you know, affects the ecosystem. Uh, it, it, even me, right? Uh, because, you know, microplastics are, are a big problem um, that, that is viscerating through, through uh, you know, the food chain. But, but this also extends to e consumerism in general that, that I, that I uh, engage in. So if I can, uh, you know, reuse uh, a bowl or, or something, you know, <laughs> without having to throw it out uh, just because I don't like the design of it, you know, I'll, I'll do that. So it, it extends to all areas of my life where I look at the value judgments I'm making, the decisions I'm making. Um, and I'm not just making them on a superficial level or out of convenience, right? I'm, I'm making these choices. Uh, is it reasonable for me to, you know, use this item or do I need this item? And if I don't, uh, then, then I won't use it or, or buy it because there's, there's no need for me to contribute to uh, creating more excess when it's not needed.
um this is uh, i'm gonna ask you a question that gets a bit personal so you don't have to answer if you don't want sure. to but how has sure. like being a vegan um helped your mental health that's a great question that's a really interesting question um hmm maybe the way i'll approach that if i if i had to say how being vegan has helped my mental health i think it's i think it's made me more empathetic just as a byproduct uh which has helped my interpersonal relationships because uh now me being more connected to the ethics and not disassociating as much when i'm having conversations you know with my girlfriend or with my friends or with my family um i'm so used to now as a practice and as a mind state uh constantly just evaluating the things i'm doing the things i'm saying and what their effects are and so i'm more conscious i'm in a, in a higher state of consciousness uh, when, when i'm making these choices or saying these things so i think you know being vegan has has kind of uh conditioned me to be more conscious uh, with my interpersonal relationships and the way that affects my mental health is it it deepen it, it, it you know it, it avoids a lot of the unnecessary arguments before I may have gotten into it allows me to have more productive conversations from a more understanding uh, point of view where I could just you know d disregard maybe somebody's feelings easier um, so there's a, so there just just as a state of mind and a, and a conditioned uh, way of looking and, and responding it's it's helped my mental health by by improving my relationships no i really like that thank you for sharing that um yeah oh. and now like oh sorry yeah go ahead all right uh, let's just let's just segue a little bit from veganism we can come back if anyone has any more questions i'd just like to learn more about you uh so can you tell us sure. more about like your hobbies or just what you're passionate about anything yeah, I mean, well, I uh, so I'm an investor. Um, I worked in the IT industry for a number of years, and uh, I actually have been self-employed for the past three years, almost now, two and a half, three years coming on. Um, and I, well, my self-employment just came from over the years the the money that I made uh, doing IT, working for some Fortune 500 companies. I reinvested that into things like real estate, a couple of small startups. And uh, and now, you know, the past three years, I've been able to step away from the corporate world and uh, just manage those investments. And uh, now I'm, I'm working on a couple of eco startups um, that, that uh, kind of align more with my moral values. Uh, I like to call myself an eco-capitalist now. <laughs> but that's a little bit about me. Yeah, now, I like that. Um, Obviously, oh, that takes a lot of work. How do you find yourself staying on topic and stay motivated, not procrastinate? Yeah, I think doing stuff like this, I mean, is always inspiring. I mean, the the stages, for example, where, where we met, which was recently launched, uh, you know, on Discord, which, by the way, was was two days into me even having Discord. And, uh, you know, I like to pull my my motivation and, and my validation from peers who, who have a common uh, a common thought process, things that we have in common. It's always nice to see people uh, being active and, and they're taking their values and they're trying to make a change in the world. It's very motivating to see people do that. And, uh, you know, it, it kind of it, it, it kind of reinforced that for me when I found these group of people who are doing the same. Uh, and that helps me pull energy towards, for example, the startup I'm working on, you know, it, there's, a, there's a lot of work that's involved in building a business model and, and, uh, and trying to make that work and it's tiring, but, but, you know, I, again, 
us being social creatures, uh, me being aware that I'm also very extroverted, I draw a lot of my energy and validation uh, from my peer my, my peer group. So curating my peer group and putting myself in front of people uh, who, who can validate my the way that I'm thinking, uh, who, who maybe even appreciate it, or I can even draw inspiration from what they're doing. Uh, that, that always helps me a lot. Okay, I like that. But talking about peers, there's always going to be those closed-minded people that yeah. um, obviously like, oh, veganism is bad, you should eat meat. How do you deal with those type of, uh, kinds of people? Yeah, I, I run into that all the time, even in, in my own family. Um, you know, I, I can't reach inside people's minds and, and make them, you know, accept different facts or, or ways of thinking. All I can do is, is you know, stay true to my values and my thoughts. And when I run into those people, the best thing I can do is, is to just be genuine, just be honest, you know, ha have a conversation with them, uh, you know, share with them the, the way I'm thinking, the, the education I've received. And whether they're going to accept that or not is, is definitely going to be up to them. Uh, but as long as I feel that I've been consistent, uh, that, that I haven't been, uh, you know, uprooted in terms of my, my, uh, education, I haven't been exposed to some new fact that shakes me, you know, um, and that in itself is validating. Right. And yeah, you just mentioned family and I'm not sure if you're comfortable answering this cause this will be yeah. a bit personal, sure. but uh, you said that you grew up with a farming family and, and you know, killing yeah. animals is part of that so sure. how, how how would your family react to your veganism and like you being against that kind of stuff now yeah so how they did react is is uh maybe a bit stereotypical right so they they came from the farms in missouri uh you know my mom was a was a little small town farmer girl you know she uh she you know <laughs> slaughtered cows and, and stuff for a living since she was very young and uh you know, when I when I started to come into the fold of veganism um, and that became evident, you know, when I would show up and, and I wouldn't indulge in some of the dishes maybe she would make or I would make suggestions on on things that they could make on the side, etc. Yeah, I received a lot of pushback. Right. Um, I, I a lot of mockery and and, uh, you know, kind of red herrings and, and jokes and stuff. And. I expected that that was going to happen. Um, but I will say, you know, again, by, by taking that stuff on the chin, it only emboldened me to, to think more deeply about my position, to understand my position more so I could articulate that better to these people who were giving me this pushback, especially in family. Um, so it, it, it deepened my understanding of my position and my ability to present it, uh, and actually emboldened me to do so. And I'll, and I'll say, you know, with, with my immediate family, particularly my parents, I, it's not, I haven't been able to convince them or bring them in, into the fold of veganism, but what I have been able to do is change their mind about what veganism is, um, about what it means and, 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 and how that applies in the real world. And I, I've been able to assert that, that influence and that consistency even in their lives, uh, whereas they haven't become vegans. Uh, you know, they, they buy a little bit more plant-based now. They, they are thinking a little bit more about the decisions they're making, um, whether it's for themselves or, or, or for me. You know, and that's all I can do, and that's all I can expect. I think that's a really good attitude to have. Yeah, like, I just really like that. Take, yeah. take the criticism and uh, convince them otherwise. I think that's yeah. really good. Yeah, yeah. I, I just got a, a quick question. So I was thinking about this while you were uh, talking about how you kind of have been influencing your family. Uh, do you think sure. that the country and the world as a whole could take up a uh, veganism, or at least become more? Uh, conscious about what they eat yeah. or do you feel like like 
uh, people have too much of a rigid mindset against uh, these, like, people and, like, their actions against having healthier foods and having more, like, eco-friendly foods? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I I actually am going to agree with both, and then I'll kind of explain what I mean. So um, I I think people, there are plenty of people, there's no shortage of of rigid mind thinking and and kind of one-track mind thinking and, uh, you know, just just suspension and disassociation from the ethics or the environment. Um, And and I, but at the same time, I'm I'm an optimist. And and when I look at just even the past 10 to 15 years, um, you know, the, the amount of vegans that have grown, uh, how it's how it's penetrated the collective conscience and where that's trending towards. And then I see people like myself or, or some of my close friends who, you know, even as a job, uh, they're actually being hired to go to universities, to go to schools, to speak to dietitians, uh, and 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 kind of change some of those old habits and and reinforcements that's happening in culture about plant based foods. Um, I, I can be nothing but optimistic about the future that that we're going to continue to trend towards uh, a more vegan world than a non-vegan one. And I also look at, again, you know, from, from an entrepreneur standpoint, me uh, being somebody who, who is what you would call a capitalist, uh, an entrepreneur, this has penetrated my my consciousness and, and changed uh, you know a lot of the energy that's going towards you know something that I I'm good at that I enjoy and how I'm incorporating veganism into that uh, and even friends that I have that are doing that that just opened up uh, in our in our city uh, another vegan restaurant right so they're just creating more availability uh, this is raising up the demand uh, which is going to increase uh, you know the the demand for that supply um, so I, I can't help but be optimistic though at the same time I do know that we are going to have uh, the, these rigid mind people. We're going to have this pushback. Um, but again, you know, just in the same way that that pushback happened with my family, um, it, that's just a part of what what change entails. We we have to take that on the chin, and we have to deepen our understanding of our arguments, our ability to articulate that, give people the tools and, and educational resources uh, in order to start to repeal uh, some of these red herrings that that exist in, in in culture. And so people start to understand what veganism is more. They start to understand the value of eating plant-based. And and as long as we're doing that consistently and we're continuing to operate within our sphere of influence to others, uh, that's going to have a compounding effect. It doesn't mean it'll happen overnight. Uh, it doesn't mean that it, it, you know we can uh, snap our fingers like Thanos and make that happen. But, but change progressively ha- has never happened overnight. It's always started uh, with even just a simple conversation, you know. That... You bring up some really good points and about the rigidity of people's minds and how they're unwilling to uh, be open minded and listen to other perspectives and then therefore yeah. change their lifestyle. Um, about that, along those same lines, have you ever, um, you know, had people have some sort of misunderstanding about like going vegan and how have you like ever addressed those misunderstandings? Yeah, I get that Maybe, all the time. Like, Probably some sort of conflict. Yeah. Yeah, I think the biggest one I get is that people actually don't even they think veganism is a diet. Uh, they think that uh, you know I'm like that vegan teacher or something that I'm just uh, uh, I'm just saying don't eat plant uh, or you know don't eat animal products whatsoever, and you're just a 
evil person if you do. And, uh, you know, it's just all about the diet. Right. And, and, but that's not at all what veganism is. So the biggest misunderstanding I have when people come to me and they want to talk about veganism, or maybe they have this preconceived notion of what veganism is, they think that it's a diet and and it's, it's so much more than that. It's a lifestyle and philosophy. That's about, uh, putting other sentient life, uh, and your effect on them and, and minimizing it. Right. And, and that extends, like I was saying, even as a habit, as conditioning into my interpersonal relationships, you know, to me, to be vegan, it's, it's, it's so much more, uh, than to just, you know, go in and not buy chicken and, and buy carrots or something. Uh, for example, it's also about, uh, paying attention to the words that I say, uh, it's about listening to what other people have to say. Uh, it, it's about being conscious on every value judgment I'm making and, and making sure that that value judgment I'm, I'm making aligns with my moral framework and my ethics, that it's minimizing detrimental effect to them. Uh, that way I'm maximizing value to myself and them. I really resonate with that, but, um, talking about people with rigid minds, obviously with every group of people, there's going to be a loud minority and toxic people. How do you react with, um, toxic vegans that give the vegan people a bad rep? That's great. Yeah, I've I've heard that a lot, especially, you know, vegan teacher comes up a, a whole lot these days with uh, the TikTok community. And the, the best thing I can say uh, is, is I can do my best to be an advocate and stand for and represent what veganism is. And th- to those toxic people, th- those people who are misrepresenting uh, veganism, um, you know, it, obviously that's bad. Uh, there's no right way to do activism. And, and I would prefer maybe if they didn't do that. But at the same time, you know, I'm at least happy we're having the conversation about veganism because I can then maybe address and dispel those myths that maybe otherwise you wouldn't feel inflamed to ask me or to approach me about. And then extending from that, um, you know, veganism is not about one person representing it. It's about the logic. It's about the rationale. It's about the philosophy. And so, you know, there's always going to be bad advocates for everything. Um, and, and those bad advocates, uh, don't represent the group as a whole, nor do they represent what that philosophy or lifestyle means. And so it's important, uh, that, that people get exposed to even the bad because the bad shouldn't be, uh, you know, those bad representatives shouldn't be the decider between that you're going to be vegan or not, uh, the ethics and the logic and the rationale should be. And we need to have that conversation, even if that means that you have a bad exposure to somebody who's, who's a bad advocate for veganism. Yeah, unfortunately, with like the prevalent use of social media, people have been just so prejudiced against like um, change. It, change itself as a general topic where because of these bad people, there's a bad rep to anything. And there's a sort of stigma associated with it, but yeah. it's, it's it's nice to see people uh, like you advocating on like logic and stuff. Yeah, and and I'll just add on to that and say, you know, we we do live in that social media digital uh, digital age, and silo and echo chambers are are commonplace, becoming even more common. And, and the best way, thing we can do uh, to combat that, it's, it's a problem not just with veganism, it's a problem in general with, with this new era of humanity that we're in. Um, we are in the age of information just as much as we're in the age of misinformation. And, and the only way that we can, we can address that, uh, which is not, you know, for veganism or for anything, is to try to invite conversation, to try to break out of our, our echo chambers, uh, to talk to the opposition, to, to let the logic be the prevailer and not uh, these echo chambers, uh, just to reinforce you know, this misinformation. And I think it's also to 
it's it's also important to recognize these like outrageous headlines and stuff as yeah. exception and not the rule and there's like know that there's always going to be a silent majority yeah yeah exactly digressing the conversation a bit do you know have you found any life lessons or any morals through your journey of being a vegan Ooh, it's a loaded question um yeah, I, I want to say, yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely. I've, I've learned a lot. I mean, I've, I've deepened my connection with my own morals and, and my own framework. Um, and I, and I've learned how to be more consistent with using it, um, and not picking and choosing when I use it, uh, just to be convenient for me. Um, I, I've learned how to be more consistent with, with my morality and, and my framework. Uh, that's probably the biggest lesson I've learned. Uh, it's not that I've relearned morality or reinvented the wheel on morality, but I've, I've, I've deepened my understanding of my own, uh, and of my peers and I've learned how to be more consistent with using it uh, in my day-to-day and my value judgments. I think that's really nice. Um, so I'm not 100% sure about the statistic I'm going to bring up, but I am I think alcohol in general is not vegan. I might be wrong on that. If it's not mm. vegan, do you drink alcohol still? Or how have you found like a roundabout mm. for that? So, so there are, uh, there is a lot of alcohol that's not vegan, right? That does use animal products, but there, there also is alcohol that is, uh, that doesn't use animal products, um, or animal exploitation. But, uh, but I also want to ground this by saying, you know, as a vegan, I'm also looking at the brands, right? I'm looking at their treatment of their workers because I'm voting at the register every time that I purchase that wine or I purchase that beer. Um, and so it, this is another example of how I can extend the vegan philosophy beyond just the animal consumption consumption part. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I still do drink alcohol occasionally. I, I like wine. I'm a little bit of a wine connoisseur myself, but when, when I'm making that value judgment, I'm voting at that register. Of course, I'm, I'm looking at whether it has animal product in it, but I'm also looking at, at the other uh, use of ethics for that brand, right? I'm, I'm looking at how they treat their workers. I'm looking at where they're sourcing their material from. These are all uh, extensions of, of veganism uh, that, that, have, that have conditioned me to put conscious thought into right that that extends outside just the animals building up that last point how do you feel about amazon and like how they treat their workers do you use amazon still i i actually don't use amazon i i have used amazon i do see value in them um and this is where we get into like the deep deep uh deep state veganism here right um so do do i think that amazon can can uh treat their customers better or uh, not their customers their their workers better a hundred percent um do i think that i need to push for that uh does that mean i support the company so i i don't support amazon i, I don't like a lot of their business practices i i see that a lot of environmental Im- impact from some of the logistics that they use and even again you know their, their treatment of workers so i i don't support amazon i I can see how you can make an argument for for being vegan and still supporting Amazon, but me personally, when I look at a lot of their business practices and then I look at some of maybe their competitors, um, I'd rather just source it uh, in in a different way. I'd rather not get pay for, uh, because again, I'm voting, right? I'm voting for that company and their ethics. I'm giving them power to assert their ethics or their lack thereof, right? So, yeah. I I completely agree with that, but I also think I think the loud or even not the loud i think the majority of people agree with that just amazon is so convenient for everyone that it's hard not to use it 
Agreed. Yeah. And that's a problem, but, but I'd say that that's, that's, it's, it's important. It's an important problem, especially for the 21st century when, when uh, you, you have like, it's kind of inescapable when you have companies like Walmart and Amazon that have been a byproduct of, of, uh, of our, of our current social structures. And so there's a, there's a bit of inescape. Uh, uh, there's a bit of uh, uh, something you can't escape uh, there in terms of, of doing to some degree business with these individuals who have a monopoly over convenience or have a monopoly over, um, you know, even some of the products that you may want to source. And so the, the thing is, uh, again, this just goes back to, we, we don't live in a vegan world. We, we live in a non-vegan world. And what's important to me uh, when I look at this is I don't look at this as an argument or, or pushback against veganism. It actually it seems to me as a stronger argument for getting to that vegan world, uh, for educating people and, and bringing them on board with this way of thinking so we can start to demand uh, in, in larger numbers uh, from, from these these companies who they, they have to pander to their customers um, and, and they change their business practices. It's only going to happen if we demand it course it's it's also about like uh, many people would like to uh, you know just not use their services because of their ethical practices yeah. but since it's such a convenient source for them they can't help but like have yeah. to use it since it's like low cost and really just very convenient so i think yeah. it's very commendable what you're doing one yeah, thing. no, I appreciate that. And I, I would say just adding on to that, to, to those people where, where it is inescapable for them to do business with these people, um, you know, and in which I understand and, and I, I, I would understand I've been there in many, many respects. I would say that that's that's even more why why it's important to get in this conversation, to to speak out against these companies, to get out there and vote at the register, to get out there and vote uh, at the polls, to be involved with your friends, um, to, to discuss these things and uh, and find any way that that you can use your power as an individual um, and, and its effect on the collective and ultimately, uh, you know, w what we choose to stand for and what we give power. One thing that really resonated with me was uh, that you said that you're voting every time you choose to buy something. You're voting for that yeah. company. Um, yep. I think if everyone thought like that, they would put a lot more research into the products they buy before they yeah. bought them. And I think a beneficial side effect of that would be like reducing impulse purchases and that kind of stuff. Um, Agreed. I, I think that's a really good attitude to have, that you're voting for the company every time you buy their product. Yeah. And another thing I'll extend off of that, um, you know, e e again, when we make our value judgments, if there's a particular product, let's say if we use Amazon as an example, there's a particular product that maybe is that Amazon has a monopoly over um, that you can't source anywhere else or maybe get at a price point that you can afford. Well, Again, you know, I, I understand that, but we also have to make value judgments, right? And and we have to say, is it is it worth me giving up uh, my, my uh, values uh, to, to source this product for this company that I don't agree with and give them power uh, versus not doing it. And I know that's a tough decision for a lot of people to make, uh, but it, it's a real one. It, it's one that we're faced with every day. The at some point, you have to say that the convenience is not worth me giving up my values. Yeah, of course, that is very nice. Um, what what? So, uh, of course, like the, I think what you said, like first the facts and figures got you like inspired uh, to do, to, to, to choose veganism, right? Like how you, you saw the ecological impact of that. Um, then you moved on to uh, 
the other aspects of it. And I think like your journey just really illustrates very nicely on like uh, the proper like mindset one should have. Um, yeah. This is kind of digressing the conversation again back to um, straight just veganism. Have you ever like participated in a protest where you protest a company or protest? I mean, obviously you do that when you decide yeah. make the conscious decision not to buy something from a brand but have you like ever mm -hmm. participated in um a conventional protest about killing animals yeah i i haven't actually and and i would say that this goes back to not saying that i might not in the future uh but i'm still a little new uh to veganism and being a vegan activist but that said my, my form of activism while it may not be you know uh on the picket lines of some organized event um my form of veganism is is um, I don't know if I want to use the word indirect, but it's it's at a more personal level. I'm I'm doing stages. I'm inviting conversation. I mean, at this point, I'm talking to hundreds of people a day, hundreds a day. Um, and 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 probably in, in just to use that as an example, the stages we've been doing to the server, the activist server alone, we've gotten just in the past week, we've gotten thirty thousand uh, viewers that that have showed up. And so my, my form of activism is not on the picket lines, uh, but. I don't think there's one right way to do activism, and I myself have never engaged in in uh, activism that's been out on the picket lines, for example. Um, I, I don't know if I ever will. Um, I may, but just as far as where we are in the in the the digital era we're at now, um, to me, the the most useful form of activism I can exert is right here at my fingertips. It's it's right here connecting to my peers in this digital space. It's maximizing the people that, that oh. see that. And it allows for more open conversation. That's not them just passing by and seeing a, a shocking sign on a picket, you know, with a, with, a, you know, some kind of word, you know, buzzwords they use, like, you know, meat is murder and stuff like that. Um, I, I think I, I like my form of activism better because I, I, it doesn't rely on, on some of the more shock and awe, uh, just as a subtle passing by, it invites people to listen to what I have to say for me to hear them out. And for us to have this, this one-on-one -on -one that otherwise we couldn't get on those picket lines. I completely agree. And I think this is actually way more effective. Like you've completely changed my, um, views on veganism and a lot of yeah. the stuff That's we awesome. talked about today. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad that that means a lot. Yeah, and um, I think it's just yeah, been yeah, very definitely. formative in general. Like, just stuff that yeah. I never, never considered. Yeah, we um, definitely yeah. learned a lot definitely. of new things. I think that is all the time we have today. So before we go, do you want to leave the viewers with anything? Want to make one last point? Yeah, no, I, I'd just like to say, you know, everybody who's listening, um, you know, wherever, whoever you may be, you know, I just in, invite you to to look more into veganism, uh, do some introspection, you know, look, look at the value judgments and choices you're making throughout the day. And just make sure that that those judgments, you know, even if there's a convenience factor there, you, you have to weigh is that convenience uh, worth more than your values. And, and that's something that we all have to think about when we're making those value judgments. But yeah, I appreciate it, guys. You said you're starting to get involved in social media. So do you want to tag anything? Uh, well, uh, so far it's 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 Discord, but I am going to be going into Facebook and other places. But uh, bipedal ape. So if you guys uh, hear that name, um, you know, look for it. I, I'm very active in Discord. I'm building up a little bit of a following, but pretty soon I'll, I'll be transitioning that into YouTube and to Facebook as well. 
Thank you so right. much. Um, do you want to, if you want, you can DM me your Discord server username. I can put it in the description. But that is all the time we have for today. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank no, you. thank you guys. Yeah, have a good day. Thank you so much for being here.